America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day when the true colors are being shown. And the colors for the United States for the moment are yellow and blue. The colors of the Ukrainian flag, which are turning up everywhere. Uh, Zelensky's speech yesterday to Congress has had an electrifying effect on American public opinion, it would appear, and on the Congress of the United States and even in the Biden administration. Just moments ago, the Secretary of State of the United States, Antony Blinken, uh, gave a speech this afternoon which made the stakes very clear, and the stakes have been made even more clear by Vladimir Vladimirovich. That would be uh, Vladimir Putin, who um, delivered a, a truly remarkable speech. And I've been skeptical of this idea that Putin is un, unhinged and uh, honestly might be experiencing serious psychiatric problems. Watch the speech. It is so bizarre. The language is so bizarre and so chilling. The Russian people, he says, will always be able to distinguish true patriots from scum and traitors and simply spit them out like a fly that accidentally flew into their mouths. I am convinced that such a natural and necessary self-purification of society will only strengthen our country, our solidarity, cohesion, and readiness to respond to any challenges. Now, who does this echo? This echoes Joseph Stalin. Yeah, it does. Because part of what they were trying to do was the purification of society. That was the aim of early Bolsheviks. That was the aim of all of his repressions and great purge was to purify the Communist Party and to purify Russia. And the result was literally millions of deaths including the result of some 7 million Ukrainians in the Holodomor. And what you have now from Putin talking about that, and talking about it publicly, and then his useful idiots here in the States saying, well, he has reasons for it, and we can understand, and there's a guilt on both sides. And Marjorie Taylor Greene completely losing any moorings at all to reality. And, and just clearly going over to the pro-Putin side. If uh, she isn't a disgrace, not just to the Congress of the United States, but to the Republican Party, uh, she's frankly become a disgrace to the human race at, at a time of uh, war crimes, and war crimes are going on. They're going on every day in Ukraine. For people here in the United States to take the position, it's fine to disagree with what Joe Biden says, disagree with what Antony Blinken says, disagree with what I say, anything, that's fine. But when you are calling white, black, and up, down, and basically having this Orwellian view of a truly evil and murderous dictator who's murdering his own people for no cause, there's an estimate now by U.S. intelligence sources, and no one really is contradicting it, there have been 7,000 Russians. 7,000 Russians! This doesn't count the thousands of Ukrainian civilians. 
But 7,000 Russian troops, because no Russian civilians have been killed, because there have been no attacks by Ukraine against Russia. The 7,000 dead, to put that in perspective, that is far more than the estimate of all the Americans who gave their lives fighting terrorism in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq combined for some 20 years. Russia, that's what Russia has lost since their invasion less than a month ago. And, uh, uh, oh God, here's this. It, just breaking news, 21 people were killed and 25 wounded this afternoon after rockets destroyed a school in the western Ukrainian town of Marifa near Kharkiv. Uh, ten survivors were critically wounded, according to the local prosecutor's office. Civilian targets in Kharkiv, uh, Ukraine's second largest city, have been hit by shelling from Russia since the invasion began February 24th. What is this killing for? Is it to purify society, as Vladimir says? The struggle we are waging is a struggle for our sovereignty, for the future of our country and our children, Mr. Putin said. Okay, first of all, it's, it's impossible to listen to this, to read translations, without honestly fearing for the man's grip on reality. And there's a piece in the New York Times today that's about as chilling as any piece could be, where they're talking to a number of experts, and this is around the world, uh, including people in Russia, about the chances of nuclear war, of a nuclear exchange. And a, a, a German scholar who spent his whole life studying this said, no, he doesn't think nuclear war is likely, but the chances are not zero. The chances of what would be a nuclear exchange that would kill, okay, please sit down, that would kill 35 million people, people on both sides. You could be one of them. I, I mean, that is the risk we are taking. So what is the right approach? Is it basically to sacrifice Ukraine? in the hopes that that will appease the uh, alligator who is trying to move to constantly to his west, gobbling up more territory that is not his and not his people's. 1-800-955-1776. We will get to that study. We'll also get to the uh, truth revealed. And it's actually very good news that this truth has been revealed, that they have reconsidered it. That famous Navy photo uh, series of films that were supposed to show that there were indeed unidentified flying objects. I forget there's a new term that they want us to use regarding UFOs, but people still speak about them as UFOs. Uh, there's Navy footage that has now been... Uh, diagnosed and they have further information on that we will get to that as well on the Michael Medved show uh, first of all this is extraordinarily important it's uh, the speech by the Secretary of State this afternoon Antony Blinken said this this is clip 21 a uh, about 
what uh, President Biden said seemingly casually to a reporter when there was, was a scrum of people that, yes, he thought that Putin had committed war crimes and was a war criminal. Uh, this is what the Secretary of State had to say. Listen. Yesterday, Russian forces bombed a theater in Mariupol where hundreds of people had been taking shelter. The word children had been written in Russian in giant white letters on the pavement outside the building so that you could know from the air that there were children inside. Russian forces also opened fire on 10 civilians uh, who were waiting in line uh, for bread. These incidents uh, join a long list of attacks on civilian, not military locations across Ukraine, including apartment buildings, public squares, and last week, a maternity hospital in Mariupol. Uh, I doubt that any of us who saw those images will ever forget them. We've seen Russia use similar tactics before in Grozny, in Aleppo. Uh, they stepped up their bombardment with the goal of breaking the will of the people. Yesterday, President Biden said that, in his opinion, war crimes have been committed in Ukraine. Personally, I agree. Intentionally targeting civilians is a war crime. After all the destruction of the past three weeks, I find it difficult to conclude that the Russians are doing otherwise. That's the Secretary of State of the United States, uh, Antony Blinken. More about the chances of a nuclear war, and the Wall Street Journal asks, why not victory? We'll get to that coming up. show, I mentioned a remarkable editorial today in the Wall Street Journal, which is sober, responsible, uh, I think one of the best sources of news in the world, actually. They have the lead editorial, Why Not Victory in Ukraine? And for people who may not know, Why Not Victory was a best-selling book in 1962 by Barry Goldwater who went on to win the presidential nomination two years later and then to, to lose in a landslide. But he was right. It, it echoed the whole idea when President Reagan was asked about how the Cold War ends, and he said, that's easy. We win, they lose. And uh, the, the idea of why not victory in Ukraine the fact that people are daring to talk about that, and it's, it's a response to Zelensky's speech yesterday and to the new $800 million that, uh, worth of equipment that we are trying to rush to Ukraine. The, the Wall Street Journal is very critical of the Biden administration because they didn't do more earlier. And they delayed in all of this, and time is of the essence, especially when they are literally killing uh, killing people every day. A, a school and community center hit near Kharkiv and uh, 21 people dead. I just imagine what that is. And uh, this brings me uh, uh, to one of the few criticisms that people have offered. Uh, I heard last night, t today is the Jewish holiday of uh, Purim, which represents the a victory over the evil Haman 
whose plan was basically to eliminate uh, the Jewish people. And all of the Jewish people in the world at that time lived within the Persian Empire where these events unfolded. And we're talking about a long, long time ago, uh, at, at, least, uh, at least 400 B.C., but earlier than that, probably. In any event, uh, one of the things that people said last night at the reading of the Megillah, which is the book of Esther, was that, well, the problem with Zelensky's speech is he compared what had happened to his country to uh, 9-11, and he compared it to Pearl Harbor. And what's happening to his country is actually enormously worse than that. But the comparison is this, and, and those two attacks, the attack on Pearl Harbor and the attack on September 11th, they're both surprise attacks. No one really had any warning. Should we have had warning? Should we have been, we've been more prepared for what the Japanese were planning, what Osama bin Laden was planning? He had been talking about it for a long time, sure. But this is very, very different, this attack on Ukraine, because Putin had been talking about it for uh, literally years. He had done previously attacks on, uh, on Ukraine, on the Donbass, and of course on Crimea in 2014. So you can't say this was a surprise attack. It was different from September 11th. It was different from Pearl Harbor. But here is the core similarity, and I think this is what President Zelensky was getting to yesterday. The core similarity is just as the United States did nothing, nothing really, to provoke the murder of 3,000 civilians in uh, the World Trade Center and, and at the Pentagon, because they were civilian people even though we were working at the Pentagon for the most part. But it was not just uh, the fact that this was a surprise attack. It was that it was totally unprovoked. It made no sense. And certainly the, one of the greatest uh, geopolitical mistakes ever, which was a mistake that Admiral Yamamoto apparently personally opposed, was the decision to go forward with attacking Pearl Harbor. Imagine how world history could have been different if they hadn't made that that hideous mistake, the Japanese, and the level to which the Japanese people ended up suffering. That is the area of similarity. Ukraine has done nothing, nothing to provoke Russia, to harm Russia. And by the same token, the United States, in in the face of Japanese rampages in Manchuria, and elsewhere in China, uh, the United States did virtually nothing. We stood by. And what has Ukraine done to provoke this killing? And for the innocent people of Ukraine, I mean, the one thing that, that people are feeling right now in Russia, there clearly are people who are rising up and speaking against the government because they realize the government is behaving in a manner that can only be described as evil. And uh, and yet that that was not the case in any capacity involving either the fighting in Donbass and the fighting in Lugansk and uh, Donetsk and those two rogue provinces. The the idea that the 
Ukrainians were behaving like Nazis is insane. And it's wrong. And it tries to obfuscate the core nature of this attack, which is senseless, ultimately could destroy much of the world. Secretary of State Blinken uh, speaking, and speaking very well, I should add, this afternoon, took time in his speech just moments ago to honor a Fox News reporter. Now, Fox News has not been <laughs> terribly supportive of the Biden administration generally, but seeing people coming together across partisan lines, that's part of of the positive legacy, I hope, from this war. Here is Secretary Blinken, listen. There should be a seat uh, reserved here today for Benjamin Hall from Fox News, who was injured badly when his vehicle came under attack near Kyiv. Many of us, myself included, uh, have gotten to know Ben very well as part of the traveling press corps. He's an incredibly talented reporter, always asking tough questions, He's a lovely person as well. Our thoughts, my thoughts, are with him and his family, including his three little kids. Two of Ben's Fox News colleagues, Pierre Zavchewski and Sasha uh, Kushanova, uh, were killed in the attack. And Brent Renault, a reporter on assignment with Time magazine, was killed in a separate attack a day earlier. I know that everyone in this room in particular, feels these losses deeply. Being a war correspondent is vital work. They make sure that the world knows what's really happening uh, when armies move in and bombs start falling. It also takes incredible courage. Uh, they go into war zones when others, understandably, are heading out as fast as possible. Okay, this is very appropriate and very healthy. Uh, there have been outstanding reporters doing remarkable jobs for a variety of news sources. Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Times of London and The Telegraph and Britain and in any event it's um, it's a moment. We will go further get to Putin's unhinged speech and more coming up. Michael Medved show. Uh, it is a remarkable day and a serious day with worries about not just the potential of nuclear war with a leading expert saying <laughs> it's scary enough the uh, chance for nuclear weapons employment is extremely low but it's not zero it's real and it might even increase that's what Ulrich Kern who is Kuhn uh, who is a nuclear strategist at the University of Hamburg in Germany had to say. And uh, the Secretary of State of the United States, Antony Blinken, uh, says uh, this about another danger that despite the fact that there are useful idiots here in the United States who try to poo-poo it and say that it's actually uh, an American uh, lie or foil or dodge or made up false flag operation it um, 
may in fact be a real danger, and on this I believe the Secretary of State. Here's what he had to say about the chances of a chemical attack, meaning poison gas, uh, something that could kill literally thousands of people. Uh, this is Secretary Blinken uh, this afternoon, uh, 21C. Again today, we have a strong sense of what Russia could do next. We believe that Moscow may be setting the stage to use a chemical weapon and then falsely blame Ukraine to justify escalating its attacks on the Ukrainian people. Manufacturing events and creating false narratives of genocide to justify greater use of military force is a tactic that Russia has used before, including in Georgia. We believe Russia will bring its mercenaries from private military groups and foreign countries to Ukraine. President Putin acknowledged as much over the weekend when he authorized the recruitment of additional forces from the Middle East and elsewhere. Another indication that his war effort is not going as he hoped it would. They're also likely to systematically kidnap local officials and replace them with puppets. And that is ongoing. We uh, talked about that uh, yesterday, about a kidnapped mayor and the effort by someone named Donoschenko to, uh, uh, to replace that mayor and to cooperate with the, quote, new realities. These were new realities, meaning the Russian takeover of the independent country of Ukraine. And uh, there's this uh, update. The Ukrainian mayor of Melitopol has been freed from Russian forces in a special operation. This is not a special operation by Vladimir Putin. This is a special operation of the Ukrainian armed services under the command of President Zelensky. Ivan Fedorov was spotted with a bag over his head in the company of heavily armed Russian soldiers in the city on March 11th. According to ABC News, the Russian military abducted him, trying to persuade him to collaborate. But our man withstood. He withstood everything. He did not give up, just as we all endure. That's what uh, President Volodymyr Zelensky said yesterday when he wasn't speaking to Congress with electrifying effect. A video shows Mayor Fedorov, uh, the kidnapped mayor, a video shows him speaking by phone with uh, Zelensky, who promises to be ready for orders after a short recovery. That's the mayor. Officials reported the abduction of uh, a third mayor, Alexander Yakovlev of Skadovsk. Uh, that also occurred yesterday, according to Fox News, though he has been reportedly released. Uh, this is all amazing. Russian forces have kidnapped a second mayor. The nation's foreign minister tweeted that Yevhen Matveyev, the mayor of the southern city of Dnipriodny, had been taken by Russian troops. The mayor of Melitopol was kidnapped earlier. He's the one who has been released and is back. And uh, the um, person Russia had declared as the new mayor collaborating with the Russians of Melitopol, uh, delivered a warning to residents in her first public appearance telling them not to take extremist actions. 
Galina Donchenko said she plans to restore, quote, basic mechanisms under our new reality. By contrast, the elected mayor, Ivan Fedorov, said, we are not cooperating with the Russians in any way. Uh, President Zelensky demanded that Fedorov be freed and asked Israel, Germany, and France to exert pressure on Russia. On Saturday night, Zelensky praised Ukrainians who were not cooperating with the Russians in the Kherson region. Those who do, he said, in an apparent reference to Danilchenko, will face consequences. Is it appropriate to uh, to mean uh, make consequences a reality for collaborators in wartime? when you are dealing with a profoundly evil and in fact murderous enemy of course it's appropriate and uh, in terms of these chances of nuclear war there's a piece by Max Fisher and he spoke to various experts around the world he writes as Russia and NATO escalate their standoff over Ukraine nuclear strategists and former US officials warn that there is a remote but growing risk of an unintended slide into direct conflict even in some scenarios, a nuclear exchange. Uh, Antonio Guterres, who is the Secretary General of the United Nations, said the prospect of nuclear war is now back within the realm of possibility. Leaders on both sides emphasize that they consider such a war unthinkable, even as they make preparations and issue declarations for how they might carry it out. But the fear, experts stress, is not a deliberate escalation of war, but a misunderstanding of a provocation gone too far that as each side scrambles to respond, spirals out of control. NATO forces, intended as defensive, are massing near Russian borders. That, with much of Russia's military bogged down in Ukraine, are unusually vulnerable. Increasingly paranoid Kremlin leaders faced with economic devastation and domestic unrest may believe that a Western plot to remove them is already underway. Russia has said that it considers the weapons and other increased military that Western governments are pouring into the Ukraine tantamount to war and has implied that it might strike NATO convoys. Over the weekend, Russian uh, missiles struck a Ukrainian base just miles from Polish territory. Poland, of course, is a NATO nation. Uh, the uh, comments are also quoted by Ulrich Kuhn, who is a uh, nuclear strategist at the University of Hamburg. The chance for nuclear weapons employment is extremely low, but it is not zero. It is real, and it might even increase. Those things could happen. What things? The Kremlin has uh, turned to nuclear saber rattling that may not be entirely empty of threat. Russian war planners obsessed with fears of NATO invasion have implied in recent policy documents and war games that they may believe that Russia could turn back such a force through a single nuclear strike, a gambit that uh, Soviet-era leaders rejected as uh, unthinkable. The outcome of such a strike would be impossible to predict. A recent Princeton University simulation projecting out each side's war plans and other indicators estimated that it would be likely to trigger a tit-for-tat exchange of nuclear strikes in escalating to strategic weapons like intercontinental missiles could kill 34 million people within a few hours. 
So what is to be done to avoid that unspeakable disaster? We'll get to that and Putin's speech and more coming up on The Medved Show. The greatest show on God's green earth. Oh, good for you. The Michael Medved Show. Vladimir Putin uh, says in a speech yesterday, it's, it's one of those speeches, honestly, that as we're living through this moment in history, this might be a defining milestone. When Putin uh, doesn't even make an attempt to show himself as anything other than an unreconstructed Stalinist and somebody who is intending a new campaign of repression and dictatorial authority within his own country. 1-800-955-1776. This is part of um, what the the president of Russia sounded like uh, yesterday when he said that uh, he plans to spit out disloyal Russians like flies. This is clip 14. But any people, and even more so the Russian people, will always be able to distinguish true patriots from scum and traitors and simply spit them out like a fly that accidentally flew into the mouth. Spit them out. I am convinced that such a natural and necessary cleansing of society will only strengthen our country. Cleansing of society, the way it's also translated as self-purification. The Russian people will always be able to distinguish true patriots from scum and traitors and simply split them out like a fly that accidentally flew into their mouths. I am convinced, he said, that such a natural and necessary self-purification, cleansing of society will only strengthen our country, our solidarity, our cohesion, and our readiness to respond to any challenges. The, um, the president uh, went on to say that, uh, that there was a fifth column going on He uh, suggested that any Russians with ties to the West could be considered a traitor. They will try to bet on the so-called fifth column on national traitors, he said. When he says they, he means Americans. They will try to bet on the so-called fifth column on national traitors, on those who earn money here with us, but live there and live not even in the geographic sense of the word but in their thoughts, in their slave-like consciousness, which is pro-Western. Shortly after the speech, Russia's investigative committee announced it had launched criminal cases against several Russians under the law. Mr. Putin signed this month, potentially criminalizing any deviation from the official narrative of what the Kremlin calls a special military operation, not a a war. And concerning that military operation, Putin had this to say about his decision to go to war. Uh, Listen, this is clip four. We had no other option but self-defense for the security of Russia, apart from carrying out the special military operation. All the goals set will certainly be achieved. We will reliably ensure the security of Russia and our people. 
and we will not allow Ukraine to serve as a springboard for aggressive actions against Russia. In terms of the military tactics developed by Russian Ministry of Defense and the General Staff, they have been completely justified, and our lads, soldiers and officers have shown bravery and heroism, and they are doing everything that they can to avoid loss of civilian life in Ukrainian cities. Uh, the West, Mr. Putin said uh, later in the speech, is waging total undisguised war against Russia with an economic blitzkrieg, as well as political and informational means. In a, a blunt acknowledgment of the pain caused by Western sanctions, he said Russia had to prepare for a temporary rise in inflation and unemployment as it embarked on deep structural changes of our economy. Sound encouraging? Mr. Putin claimed that the West was echoing the Nazis' anti-Semitism. Anti He's accusing the West of anti-Semitism in trying to cancel Russia by banning Russian music, culture, and literature. There is only one goal for the West, Mr. Putin said, the total destruction of Russia. Okay. Just uh, to just ask yourself this question. What is it that the United States or the United Kingdom or France or Germany, for that matter, or Poland has done to facilitate the total destruction of Russia. If there is a feeling of total destruction in Russia right now, it, it could be that uh, that is going on and those feelings are, are very real because of the country suffering because of the sanctions. Uh, that, but again, before the invasion, what would you say that Ukraine or the United States or any other Western nation has done to make any sane or reasonable person believe that Russia was under threat. And again, when you look at the disproportionate amount of force and military resources and population and economic activity, everything else, how does Ukraine threaten Russia? It, it wouldn't even be like saying that Mexico, Mexico's a big country, it's a powerful country, it's 100 million people. Come on, Mexico's real. But to say that Ukraine was threatening Russia would be like saying that Belize is threatening the United States or Guatemala. I mean, nothing wrong with Belize and Guatemala. No, I don't think they're threatening the United States. But it's nuts. Today, Dmitry Medvedev, I know, I know, my namesake and all that, but I don't think he's a relation. We've actually looked into it. Uh, Dmitry Medvedev, who served as president from 2008 to 2012, I don't know if you remember that, uh, Putin was term limited originally before he uh, changed the Constitution so that now he can serve for life. So he had to give up the presidency. He continued as prime minister while Medvedev held the presidency for four years. But in any event, he served as president from 2008 to 2012. He is now deputy secretary of Russia's Security Council. He said the United States had stoked disgusting Russophobia in an attempt to force Russia to its knees. It will not work. He said Russia has the might to put all of our brash enemies uh, 
in their place. Uh, Russia warned the United States on Thursday, that's the day that Moscow had the might to put the world's preeminent superpower in its place and accused the West of stoking a wild Russophobic plot to tear Russia apart. He's echoing very directly uh, exactly what is said here. Are they referring, are they responding to comments like the outstanding comments that I respond to very well? Uh, by Ben Sass, the great senator from Nebraska. He said on Morning Joe this morning that we need to help uh, the uh, Ukrainians in one of their righteous endeavors right now. Here's what he actually had to say. It's clip 12. And we need to be doing everything we can to help the Ukrainians not simply lose more slowly, but actually have a shot at winning. The world needs the Ukrainians to win. And that means the Ukrainians need to be able to kill Russians. And to kill Russians, they need more weapon systems. They've got a will to fight. We know who Zelensky is. We know who the Ukrainians are. They, what he asked us yesterday is, who are the Americans? And who is the Biden administration? Mm -hmm. he has the courage of his convictions. Do we have ours? We should. We're a superpower. We should act like it. The uh, speech, Zelensky's speech yesterday, this is uh, what the Wall Street Journal says in their Why Not Victory editorial. The speech was a moral and literal call to arms, yet the sad truth is that the U.S. should be doing far more to arm the Ukrainians in their astonishing resistance to the Russian military. The U.S. has so far supplied small arms, as well as Javelin anti-tank missiles and shoulder-fired stingers that can target low-flying helicopters and aircraft. Ukraine has made great use of these weapons. In response to Mr. Zelensky, Mr. Biden chose Wednesday, that's yesterday, to announce the U.S. will send 800 million more in military aid to Ukraine. This will help, but it is also fair to ask, why has it taken three weeks of bombing for this to happen? As Nebraska Senator Ben Sass put it in advance of Mr. Zelensky's speech, if they can shoot it, we can ship it. MiGs and SU-25s, S-200s and S-300s, drones. Uh, President Biden's moral condemnation of Russia has been laudable and he has coordinated well with allies. But throughout this crisis, he has also had to be prodded by Congress, allies and public opinion to do more. And what about that public opinion? Why is it that there are pockets of uh, so-called patriots and conservatives who are still part of the pro-Putin caucus? We will get to that and to more coming up in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.